0: You can map the football world and say there are countries with a certain football intellect.
1: Welcome to the Halftime Snacks. My name is Ronena Imbindo. This show explores the intersection between sports, business, and technology. Are you ready? Let's go! Joining us for the Halftime Snacks is a Middle Eastern football expert and a sports journalist from Israel. This man has experience working with Israeli media such as Sports Hamesh, the Jerusalem Post, Walla News, Kalkalist, Aetz, Cannes, and many more. Additionally, he covered the World Cup in Russia, the Asian Cup in the United Arab Emirates, and the African Cup of Nations in Egypt. He's the founder and chief editor of Baba Gol a football content brand that focuses on Asian, Middle Eastern, African, and Latin American football. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce Uri Levy. Hey,
0: Ronan, how are you, man? Thank you for this lovely introduction.
1: I'm doing all right, Uri. Thank you for uh, accepting my invitation to the Halftime Snacks. I want to start off right away asking you about the Israeli fan, how would you define in a one sentence the character of an Israeli fanatic of football?
0: Well, the Israeli fan, I would say, is a very nostalgic creature because, uh, you know, football in Israel is very much connected to political and social-economical uh, identifications, identities in general. Football arrived here in the beginning of the 20th century and connected with, you know, the British mandate that was here, the relationship between Jews and Arabs, uh, Ashkenazi Jews, Jews coming from Europe, Mizrahi Jews, uh, Jews coming from the Arab countries, from North Africa, from the Middle East. And basically, despite nowadays, you know, Israeli football is, uh, is a modern scenario with uh, renovated stadiums and TV rights deals, and betting companies deals, like everywhere else in the world, the Israeli fan is very much still uh, attached and uh, connected to the essence and the definition of his clubs, whether it's Apoel Tel Aviv, which is more oriented with uh, left-wing Ashkenazi Jews uh, before the Israeli country was founded, or Betar jerusalem which is famous for being the only team in the league not to feel the Muslim and Arab players, or Maccabi Tel Aviv, which is also, you know, symbolizing some kind of uh, the rich and successful upper middle class or uh, any other, you know. Uh, that are, so each club has its own uh, identity and the fans are adopting this identity. And even if it's not true, today we can put, you know, fans from each club in the Premier League and there won't be a big difference in uh, education or uh, economic socio-economic uh, status but for the story for the for the vibe for the atmosphere and for the feel of uh, connectivity and belonging so yeah the israeli football fan has is very the tradition the history the culture and the and the memories this is why he's so nostalgic about what was before The war before the country was founded, before this and that, it's very important to him, yeah.
1: That's fascinating, Uri. I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But I want to ask you about you, about yourself. I want to know your story and, of course, I want to know the story of Babagol. How did you even came up with with it? And how is it mainly different from all the, like, traditional sports media companies
0: my story with Baba God is basically the story of my life you know in a way um, i always like football you know I, I as a kid i like to draw to draw comics but the first match that my uncle took me here in jerusalem to see a jerusalem against the bnei Yehuda, we lost uh, i think it was 7-1 in the teddy stadium in jerusalem but from the moment that you know i entered the stadium with the all the gray uh, concrete of the stand, and I saw this green, beautiful, clean, shining surface. I I can never forget it. And since then, football became my life. And I really looked for my way, first as a player. I wasn't too serious in my team as a kid. And then the army came, and, you know, uh, when I first uh, released, I joined the sport channel at the beginning as an assisting uh, producer for the 5 Plus Gold, which is the historical channel. I literally watched any game of football. But really all the World Cups, the Euros, Africa Cup of Nations, Asian uh, Asian Cup, whatever. I watched everything. Copa America, of course. Really some cool stuff. But uh, then I decided it was too early for me uh, to stay in one place. And I took my things and I went to Argentina. I lived in Argentina for nearly a year and a half. And there I was really connected. I got really connected to the people and to the culture of football. You know, I I felt in Argentina, I felt at home immediately because it's a place that um, everyone got a football team. It doesn't matter if it's the professor or the rich man or the bus driver or the old lady that make uh, empanadas. Everyone got his own football team. And for me, you know, as a young kid renting a small apartment and... uh, in Visha Crespo in Buenos Aires, near the stadium of Atlanta, Atlanta de Visha Crespo. It was amazing. And, you know, I started to discover football in Argentina and the culture of, of the fans and the con- connection to the identities is exactly like what I told you about Israeli football. So in Argentina, it's, of course, different, much more, I would say, uh, rich in manners of uh, years and uh, historical stories about the clubs, not only about the political context, of course there is politics and everything, but uh, this is what I discovered as a kid, and when I came back, actually I didn't return to the industry of media, I was a cook for a few years, but I was writing. And then the 2014 World Cup started, and you know, few newspapers knew that I write good, because I used to write a little bit for the website of sport five back when i was working there and they said like maybe write something about argentina you, you've been living there maybe shed some lights on the football from a, a little bit of a local view and then i wrote one piece and then like it 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 got really popular it was the beginning of facebook and football media in, in social media and people really liked it and then i started to write more and more and more and then uh, my girlfriend told me like okay that's nice, but, you know, not all your Facebook friends want to hear about a, a Palestinian Paraguayan player who is now uh, representing a Palestine national team, for example. Uh, you know, take it easy on the Facebook. Open, open a small stage for yourself to write about. And then I said, and I started to read and said, okay, you know, I need, I need a stage. I need, to, like, a website. And then I built, like, a simple blog with blogger. You know, I was thinking about names and I came up with Babagol and I felt really good. And then I start writing like crazy about everything that I find interesting. I was at the first year at the university studying Middle Eastern studies and Latin American studies. I was completely lost in manners of the university. I mean, I like history. I always liked it. And of course, languages is something important that I also like and I have a good sense of it. But I couldn't find myself in the, in the university, in the Hebrew youth. But then I understand that basically through football, I can speak uh, about many other topics. Starting from this piece about uh, Argentina before the World Cup and how it rep- represented the Argentinian people. And of course, the football that was interesting for me, the Middle Eastern football, with everything that's happening around me whether it will be in Palestine, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, all of the Middle East, North Africa. I'm coming from a mixed family. My grandfather is an Arab, so I speak Arabic also. And you know, I looked for my edge also in the industry. I won't lie. And I understood that nobody is writing about Arab football. And as a student for Middle Eastern uh, studies, I thought it's a good uh, chance to connect. I think at the moment I started to connect football with some deeper and wider topics. And I started to offer it to professors in the universities. It took me a while, but eventually I found the two professors that let me write about football. Since that moment, it was in the beginning of the second year, I didn't write anything to the university that is not related to football for almost two years. In any topic, no matter what, I found its implication in football, and I wrote about it. No matter what, no matter which course, no matter nothing. And then, you know, posts in the blog became uh, essays for school, essays for school became posts in the blog. Uh, Then it became articles that I started selling selling first to Calcalist, later to Aaretz. And then uh, I started to write for the Arab El Jdid, which is a very big uh, website in the Arab world, Uh, like a weekly column uh, on Arab football and Middle Eastern football, uh, including Israeli football. It's part of my vision. And Babagol also grew, new writers joined me and I started to edit people also, editors joined me and we kind of created this crew of people that like to play with texts and to make them compelling and to make them interesting, but it was important for me at the time that it won't be at a very high-end English because I know my audience, Israeli people, Arab people, we used to write a lot about indian people so indian football so a lot of people a lot of people from india follow us so i like to keep it like our slogan we like to keep it real we don't want uh, someone to be intimidated when you read uh, an article in babagol and we don't believe that you must use the highest language to speak about deep or complicated topics you need to find the right words and to to explain it simply and to keep the narrative strong and You know, this is what we do, we keep it real. And it grew and it grew, and you know, I, as you said, uh, I covered World Cups and uh, Africa Cup of Nations and Asian Cup. I've been all over the region, uh, all over the Middle East, um, doing collaboration with the biggest companies in the world, from Copa 90 to Bleacher Report, TIFO Football of the Athletic, and basically Babagol. Now, of course, it's also website and social media platforms that creates content for, for the pleasure of their followers. But we also uh, a content brand that we do a podcast in Hebrew for the Khan, which is the Israeli Public Broadcast Corporation, IPBC. We work with Sport5, i 24 News, all the media that look for what they can learn from football. Uh, what is the, the bigger picture of football? Uh, what you can understand from the game? Uh, we are really became like the the first stop. When you start to understand what, something, come to us. You know, it's uh, for example, in these, de- these exact days, there is a serious conflict in Nagorno Karabakh between uh, Azerbaijan and Armenia. And one of our main senior writers, Yossi Medina. Uh, wrote about uh, about this conflict in the in the reflection of football, which is very strong and interesting, uh, also for many people in Israel because Israel is involved there, like many other countries, Turkey and everything. But uh, a fascinating piece that made uh, huge waves around the world was translated to German, uh, translated to Armenian, and journalists from all over the world are interviewing Yossi now. So. You know, we are we are becoming some kind of authority for football in the Middle East or football in the, uh, let's say, not in the conventional places, not in uh, London or Berlin or Paris, although we can, you know, happily write about players from Africa, the Middle East, Latin America that play in the biggest leagues. But we would like to show their, you know, identity, their origin, their everything so this sums up what we do we keep it real
1: yeah that's great to uri i think that you found your edge because you were able to intersect your interests which were kind of football and also maybe writing was uh, kind of like an interest for you and history and this intersection combined with your languages that you speak and the things that you know are kind of like the ones that give you your edge and i'm Almost certain I cannot find anyone else like you that write about the things that you do, the way you do it, and with the passion that you do it. And I think that is easy to see. And that's fantastic, Uri. I appreciate that great answer that you just gave us. And I wanna ask you now a little bit about you know sports culture in Israel and in the Middle East. How is it different from the rest of the world? What are three things that Fans there. I mean, you mentioned it a little bit in the beginning, but what 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 are things that you you know fans there value differently from the rest of the world? What are your thoughts about it?
0: Well, I think that football nowadays, you can you can map the football world and say there is countries with a certain football intellect. It's a way of living the game, of thinking about the game, about taking the game and make it part of your culture and part of your life. In every country you have a different because within an intellect and a language, you have dialects. And the dialect of football of the UK is not the dialect of football in Saudi Arabia. And the dialect of football in Saudi Arabia is not even the dialect of football in Israel. It's maybe more close. It may be more familiar. Because the way I live Middle Eastern football is that basically we are, Israel in the Middle East in general, we are a region that on one hand, is full of conflicts and wars and segregations and definitions and politics and wars and civil wars. It's, it's, it's a part of our existence in this area. But on the same time, it's the region with the most interesting, rich, accepting and inviting cultures with the best food, with hot weather, but with great uh, nature also with desert, with uh, combining many people from many places that came here throughout history, from North Africa and from the East and from Europe and everything. So I think for us, football is an escape in a way. For people in Latin America, it's also an escape, but it's a different escape. It's an escape maybe from... You know, if we talk about the lower classes or poor people, so it's escape from the day-by-day economical and life struggle, yeah? But here we escape from, from the things that put us apart, the things that tell us you need to fear. So football is giving us hope, giving us power, giving us this sense of belonging. And this is something that it's, it's true. And if we will take it from Morocco in the West until Iran in the East, Including Israel in the middle, you know the the political history and the the social history of this place is ignited into an integral part of the of the football year, and it's true all over. It's true for Egypt it's true for lebanon of course uh, a country with so many types of populations that each one got a football team in the capital city so every every match day you have every fixed day every every match day you have like six derbies five derbies from the capital city for in saudi of course you know that are a huge country with great importance to the arab world and the sunni world and the four big teams there are probably among the biggest clubs in Asia. Ali Hilal, al Ittihad, Itihad, um, Nasser, of course. Really, I think for us, football is an escape. Football is definition. Football is an identity, uh, but not on the normal, uh, I would say, cliche. But it's not a cliche because it's reality. But... You know, it's not like football for the people because we work very hard all day. Yeah, we work very hard all day, but it's also for us. Let's not think about war. Let's not think about politics. Let's think. Let's focus on the game. The game is now us. Anyone who will uh, attend games in Israel or whenever in the region, hopefully when fans will be back at the stadiums, could feel it and could leave it and... Who knows? Maybe maybe the World Cup in 2022 will be with uh, fans and uh, everything and uh, people can experience this uh, themselves.
1: Yeah, Ori, I think that the World Cup actually coming up in the United Arab Emirates, I think that's going to be one of the characteristics that we're going to see shining from that area and that culture, as you mentioned, the, 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 the character of the Middle Eastern fan is is different from the rest of the world and I, I really I think that's food for thought I think uh, we have to maybe reflect on different kind of cultures and learning from other cultures is also is also great and i want I want to ask you about you know your experience as a middle eastern journalist what has been some of the unique problems that you had to face or what are things very uniquely that you Had to solve or responsibilities that are very unique to being a Middle Eastern journalist as yourself, Uri.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm living in Israel. I have also an Israeli accent when I speak in English. It's not easy what I'm I'm doing because it's not easy being an Israeli journalist in the Middle East. It's sometimes not easy to be an Israeli journalist in the world. But, you know, I think that um, every time I, I, I speak with colleagues, or I interview fans, or players, or coaches, or clubs officials, FA officials, eventually I speak their language, Arabic, yeah, most of the time, or I speak English if they prefer, or French if they prefer, or Spanish or whatever. Before everything else, I speak football. And when you are 100% focused on the football, and then opening and understanding things around it, then it doesn't matter. Because if you are a professional, and you know your field, and you know what you need to do, and you know all this, eventually all these uh, fears, all these huge walls of uh, concrete and fears, they are falling apart. And eventually you are a journalist. So... Some people maybe be afraid to speak with you for a quote in their own name, and you should respect it. Some of the people will be disappointed that uh, to discover that you are not a Palestinian from Jerusalem, you are a, a Jewish uh, person from Jerusalem or an Israeli. It depends on how you present yourself or how they want to look at you. Uh, but you know, for me, I stopped playing this game of, of nationalities because I understood it will harm me in my work. I'm a citizen of football from the Middle East I speak all I speak Arabic I speak Hebrew I speak English I speak any language you want to communicate in but I focus on football and for football we can discuss whatever you know of course there were unpleasant experiences with people uh, uh, cursing me, or uh, news outlets like Al Jazeera or uh, other networks that uh, made fun of me or or my Arabic sometimes or something like that. But but it's okay. It's part of the game. I'm a weird guy. In the end of the day, that really believe in what he do, and I'm not afraid from a little bit of threats on the internet or curses in the internet. The positive feedback. And the connections I have in almost every country in the region are much more important for me than any other thing. And, you know, I've, I, I'm a big believer in Middle Eastern football. So I don't let the negative that is in this field to get on me. And, you know, I, I see uh, when, I, when I work, I don't see only the now, what's happening now, right now. I'm looking 20 years forward. I look in the future of this place. The future of uh, my kids, the future of my neighbors' kids, of my Palestinian brothers, of my Egyptian neighbors, or no matter what. And you know, I'm in in my day by day life. I might be a little bit uh, uh, anxious or neurotic about the company and the bank and my things and my stuff. But when I'm on the field, when I'm going, for example, for Afcon, Africa Cup of Nations last summer uh, in Egypt. I'm forgetting from all my troubles, I'm fully connected to the place I am, and I enjoy working, I enjoy taking photos, uh, interview people, give people the stage to tell the stories, and to tell it to israeli people but also you know to to western people like in the uk or us or whichever client we work for in in that certain item in the tournament i i had a dream to to be footballer It, it never came out but my second dream was to be a football journalist to cover the world cup i did it before i was 30 and then i had two dreams to cover asian cup and africa cup of nations I did it also by 31, so right now I'm missing only the Copa America, and uh, I'm good to go, you know. <laughs> this is it, I do, I do football, but I, I enjoy the work. So basically, I think that also my colleagues and my friends and and, and the fans and the, the people I, I interview or write about in the Middle East, they appreciate where I come from, you know
1: yeah Uri, that's that's a great place to wrap today's conversation i want to thank you for your time for uh, your insights for your analysis and of course your perspective on things i think they're one of a kind and you know i hope uh, maybe in the future we can uh, meet up and talk more about football but for now thank you for snacking with me Uri.
0: thank you Ronan. it was a pleasure and when you are here let me know and uh, we'll go to a match together here in jerusalem hopefully
1: Before you leave, I want to thank you for listening. To hear these or any other half snack, check out the full archive on my website, which you can find on the show notes. See you next week.